This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You're listening to The Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here with The Church Boys, and I have Jeremy Dice, a familiar face from the Liberty Institute, who, uh, well, we say familiar face. This is the first time we've actually met. Yeah. Been like years of interviews yeah. and talking. This is the first time we've actually met in person here at NRB. But we have Aaron and Melissa Klein as well, who are also familiar faces <laughs> to the show. We have met in person before. Um, how are you guys doing? We're doing great. We're good. Yeah. We're good. Well, how can you not be good? We're in Nashville. Nashville's <laughs> a great place, right? Um, but we're here to talk about something very serious, and that is your ongoing case. And so I guess to start, where are we right now with things? Where do things stand? Well, you know, Aaron and Melissa, for all that they've been through, have really never been given a day in court. And so Liberty, or First Liberty, as we've changed our name to uh, recently, First Liberty Institute has taken on their case for the appeal. And uh, we're hoping to get them their day in court to be able to determine whether or not people in America are going to be free to live their life according to their faith, including when they go and open up their own business. They've not been given that freedom thus far. They've been denied that under the Constitution. The Constitution protects their religious liberty in this case, and it ought to be a restraint upon the state of Oregon from punishing them for simply abiding by their religious beliefs at work. Uh, Regrettably, some officials in Oregon have thought differently and have really spent the last, what, two or three years going against Aaron and Melissa trying to to really make their life miserable for reasons we just can't quite understand. Because the First Amendment, the Constitution, the law of this country is very clear. It protects everyone's right to be able to do work, to do their business according to their faith. Yeah, and, you know, you guys, Aaron Melissa, you you have forged on in this, right? I mean, a lot of people would just say, we're done, we're closing up shop, it doesn't matter, we're not going to keep fighting this, because it's, I know it has to be something, any legal battle is something that really takes a lot out of you financially, it takes a lot out of you, just the emotion of it. You guys have had a very public case that people on both sides have commented on yeah. quite a bit. And um, we've talked about that in the past. Why are you continuing on? Well, um... You know, we, you're right, we could totally just say we're done and walk away and let it be, but, um, you know, we sit there and we think about the next person in line that this could happen to, and if we don't um, fight this, then we're just giving up on them, and we don't, we don't want to do that. Yeah, very good, very good. And your kids, how have your, how have your kids, and I've asked you this before, but as time goes on, they become more aware of it, you know, how have they reacted to this, and how have they reacted to your decision to continue on this path? I mean, it's it's definitely had its had its toll on them. It's not uh, it's it's not the normal childhood. We try to protect them as much as possible, but it's not the, the normal childhood to watch your parents go through this kind of stuff. And of course, uh, anytime you're in a legal battle, there is uh, stress that's brought into the household. Oh yeah. So it's it's definitely had its, its trying moments, but um, we tried to shield them as much as possible. You know, we were talking earlier this morning about how even the penalty that they had to pay earlier this year, you know, when when the state of Oregon came in and went into their bank account without their permission, cleaned it out. Uh, Thankfully, there was a whole bunch of people throughout this country that had rallied around Aaron and Melissa and had given them something that they were able to then pay that penalty and avoid a lot of other problems uh, and secure this appeal because they had to pay that penalty in order to do this appeal. And that's just held in abeyance, by the way. It's just standing there right now until we secure their First Liberty, their First Amendment rights. Hopefully they'll be able to get all that back. That's up to First Liberty to do. But that makes an impact on Christmas time. 
know, that happened in December, right before Christmas, and that's going to make an impact on those kids. I've been amazed meeting the kids at how resilient that they seem to be through this whole process. But no one in America should be so penalized by their government that it disrupts their, their Christmas time simply because they tried to be a person of faith in public. Yeah, and I think that was one of the misconceptions that was out there. Oh, you guys are folding. You're paying the money. I can't believe, yeah. you know, and I, did you guys hear a lot of that? Was there sort of yeah. a lot of people and saying, why are you guys giving That up? was frustrating because it was definitely not that way. It, 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 we were forced to, to pay that. And um, so we definitely want people to know that. <laughs> well, and also to continue the legal battle, it, so, it sounds like there had yeah, to have been a yeah. payout in order for you to do the appeal. And it's being held, this money. The money did not go yeah. to the couple. It's an escrow. Question. So right. what happens, they have to pay this penalty. The, the government did it without their permission. They went into the bank account, cleaned it out, and it wasn't enough to cover the whole penalty. So thankfully, the, this crowdsourcing had helped them to be able to afford this. Because otherwise, I mean, we're looking at garnishing their, taking their, their truck, taking parts of their home. I mean, it's going to be a significant burden upon them. That's being now held there until this appeal can go forward. They get their day in court, and First Liberty, along with Boyd and Gray, we're, we're dedicated to make sure that that they get these rights vindicated and they get that money back. How do you guys, are you still getting the intensity of opinion on this from people, the, the haters and supporters? Are you still hearing just as intense as it, does it sort of go away and come in waves? I mean, how does that? I would say it goes in waves probably. We, st- we still get threats. We just got a threat last week. Um, and we still get emails every once in a while out of the blue that are just saying horrible, nasty things to us. Um, so people, it's like people... You know, they're, they, they're not forgetting. They want what, what to... Like, what kind of threat? What do they say to you guys? Um, well, things we wouldn't really want to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear the words, but... Yeah, no, um, but I would say, like, the last week, um, somebody made a threat of um, basically saying that we'll, we'll see you at... Or wait till 8.15, you'll see what happens. You know, stuff like that. That leaves you thinking, like, what are you talking... Like, what... What it do you mean? Stra- it leaves a little like feeling of like, what does that mean? You know, a little makes you a little nervous. It makes you feel a little more like, okay, you know, we drive around in a big black truck that says sweet cakes on it. We have our kids with us. Well, you know, we have to be careful around eight fifteen. You know what? Right. You know, we. Sh- you worry about the fact that you know your your address has been given out, and yeah. passed around, and, uh, and and I know that for a fact being that we get you know mail, hate mail at our yeah. first. So you guys get so, mail at your yeah. house too. Yeah. Because yep. I know we've talked about the emails. I know we we published some of those emails in the in the past that you guys yeah. were getting. Did you we get inappropriate things sent to our house as well? <laughs> so it's it's not very good. Kids it's, don't get the mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, don't allow them to get, get the, the mail. mail. It's just kind of it's fascinating to me that regardless of where anybody stands on any issue, that one decision mm-hmm. that to say no to something right. as simple as a cake would snowball into the fines and all that, but also. This level of threats and hate, hatred, and all of that—are you guys ever a little bit shocked? Still, I know that you live in this, and it's been, but that this stuff is still going on, and that you guys are still having that experience based on just that one refusal. Well, yeah, I mean, because it's been three years, and so you just you sit there and you think that, gosh, three years—that's a long time. You know, that would be just forgotten, but uh, you know, it's, well, it's. I mean, it's it's shocking in the way it plays out. It's not surprising to me. It's still going on. We're still in this fight. We're still we're still fighting for freedom. We're still fighting for our rights. And so, um, in doing that, the opposition is very outspoken, and they, they continue to be so. And also, also, like probably back to like what you said about 
you know, saying no to a cake. We we probably more so feel like it wasn't really that. It was more so saying no to an event that we couldn't participate or partake in a in an event. And it was really your beliefs that were was the issue here, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Constitution protected their beliefs. They tried to do their business according to those beliefs. And now the state of Oregon has spent the last two years trying to punish them for those beliefs. Mm-hmm. Well, the First Amendment, the Constitution, protects people's beliefs. It doesn't give a license to the government in Oregon to penalize people for exercising their beliefs. In fact, it, acts, it should act as a bar to the state of Oregon to prevent them from doing just this very thing. That's why this case is so important, because if this can happen to Aaron and Melissa Klein for simply doing their business according to what they believe, it can happen to anybody across this country. And no matter what sector of the economy that they may find themselves in or what part of the building they're in, whether that's in the corner office or down in the warehouse, if this can happen to to Aaron and Melissa in the rural part of Oregon, it can happen to anybody listening to this podcast. Yeah, well, and, and I think this is clearly the new world that we live in. There's been a lot of cultural shifts in the last couple of years, right? And and with the legalization of gay marriage brought with it a lot of questions about what businesses can and can't do. And, and it's not just you guys. It's a lot of other people um, who are facing this. Uh, what what do you predict, predict Jeremy? What, what do you think is going to happen here? I mean, and now you have a Supreme Court situation that is a little bit different from what we were talking about a month ago. Um, where do you think this goes? But I think this is going to take a while to sort out in court. Obviously, we've got a number of legal strategies that we're looking at right now, and I, I don't want to go too far into those details as we're, we're putting them all together here right now, but um, I, I could see this case very easily going to the Supreme Court. You know, it, it was very famously argued by the Solicitor General during the Obergefell arguments that these issues of religious liberty, it's going to be a problem. Well, here it is. Here are Aaron and Melissa as examples of why this is a problem. They simply opened up a business. They wanted to conduct that business according to their religious beliefs. They were then penalized for conducting their business according to their religious beliefs. The very law that ought to protect them to be giving them the permission and and the right and the freedom to be able to do their business according to their faith is now being wielded against them. The very government that was charged to protect their religious liberty is now penalizing them to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars in a future that is far from certain right now in terms of what what it will mean for them. How do you guys get through the day? And how has this, and we've talked about this before, how does, but really, I don't know how much you want to share, but how has it impacted you guys personally and impacted your family and just in terms of just the practical how you function and what goes on on the day to day? Um, you know, it, it's. We were never the kind of family that, that traveled. I mean, we were never. I think Melissa and I had been on a plane about, well, me about twice in my life, or probably about a dozen times if that. Um, we never did this kind of stuff. So it has. It's given us uh, some time away from Oregon, some time to see some other things, which has been a blessing. Um, however, that again does take its toll yeah. on the family life. It's um, not easy on the. Yeah. Um, we. Uh, I mean, we. It's just tough. It's tough to get people to understand that uh, growing up, I, I lived my life outside of God's will. I lived my life in a way that was self-serving, and I dealt with the consequences of that. And since, you know, just giving my life over to the Lord, I've seen the, the benefits far outweigh anything um, that could come my way. And this is one of those things that uh, I'm willing to go through for Jesus Christ. You know? And, you know, how do you deal with Christians who criticize? Because I'm sure there are some Christians who will say, yeah. well, we don't agree. Yeah, I, that's, that's hard. That's really hard. 
it's, it's kind of tough. We're not in a position to tell anybody what to believe or what they should live like. We are in a position to say we should have the freedom to live the way we want to live. Yeah. Yeah, well, when you're running a small business especially, what's interesting to me, it's such a representation of who you are. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining this to some people the other day because who don't who have never owned a business and I've owned a small business, you know. It's and I and a speaking agency is what I what I owned. And so I'm thinking, well, what if a speaker was called to go somewhere and they were asked to do something for an event they didn't want to do it at? I guess you could just say no and say it's a scheduling conflict, but you should if you don't want to do that, you shouldn't have to do it, right? I mean that's the so it's just it's a weird world of saying to somebody, We're gonna compel you to participate in something that you don't really don't believe in. And you know, the argument of diner owners turning people away from eating a meal is brought up, which yeah. Is a very different, very different thing. I mean, if you guys now these customers, have they been customers before? Yeah, yes, they, they were had been, right? previous we, customers. Yeah. So, and you, happy ones too. <laughs> you had served them before, um, and they would continue to serve them today. Absolutely. Right. It was just an issue of a certain issue rises up. They it can go only go so far. Look, people draw the draw their distinctions on the conscience all over the place. Uh, and some people's consciences are pricked for certain things that other people's are not. For Aaron and Melissa, this is where they had to, to make their, their 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 case at that that moment. Um, uh, and people should be free in this country to be able to have that conscientious objection. The law protects a lot of things in this country. In fact, in, in the issue of, of race and all that, we've got the Civil War amendments that very clearly speak to that issue. But we also have the First Amendment, which protects their right to be able to exercise their religious beliefs uh, and be able to do what they, they, they had done in this case. Another kind of hard question, and maybe not, it might not be hard for you guys, but what's your, if you could, if you had the couple sitting in front of you right now, and I know you've hugged them in court, and I know you've, there's a lot, I, you're a human, you're human beings, and so there's a lot of anger and frustration that comes along with a case like this. What would you say to them, if you could deliver a message to them? Hmm. That is probably a tough question. I don't want to put you in a bad position, no, it's but okay. I think it's a question of... It, it's, it's a hard question. It's a hard question because I, I don't... I don't view it that these that these women are um, being aggressive at this point. I believe that this is the government being aggressive. So I don't I don't I don't believe that there's anything these these women were able to do without the government's help. So we look at it and we say, really, our enemy is is an overbearing government, not these two women. I'd probably honestly give them a hug again and just <laughs> tell them that I love them and I don't I don't have any hard feelings towards them whatsoever. Um. And one more question about your kids, and not to focus too much on that. Do they get a lot of negative feedback from people? Do people go to them and say things, you know, about their parents that... My daughter has had some things on Facebook that she's had, you know, people making comments. and um, But she's a, she's a pretty tough girl, and, um, you know, but I, I can tell it does bother her because we're her parents, and she yeah. doesn't like to, you know, hear things about us. Um but I would say probably more so on like that social media type stuff that she's she's had that she's had friends on there come out and say things that you know kind of shocked her and lost some friends that way. Um, yeah, and I think the one thing that I've I've talked to a lot of people about this case and just in I live in New York, so you can imagine the conversations that I have mm. with people about this and people who I'm very good friends with who we just don't see eye to eye on some of the details of, of these kinds of cases. It's just interesting to me that we can't find a way to sort of disagree with people and get along, (laughs) right? It's a a Uh, tremendous point, Billy, because I don't think we really want the world that Oregon thinks we do. But we want a diverse and inclusive, tolerant society here, not a monolithic one that requires you to believe with what the government officials say is okay. That's not the world that we want to live in, nor is it the world that our founding fathers uh, created for us, by the way. 
Uh, we want a diversity of opinions in this country, opinions that are able to disagree. We ought to be big boys and big girls in this country that are able to disagree with one another, still love one another, disagree over ideology, but not over ad hominem attacks or something like that. We ought to be able to have those diverse thoughts brought forward so that we could be encouraged to be able to pursue the truth in this world, or allow at least allow the debate to take place so we can understand what is the right and wrong thing to be doing in that situation. What Oregon has done here is to say, not only can you not believe what you believe, you've got to agree with what we believe, and if you don't do that, we're going to penalize you for it, to the tune of six figures. Now, now, what the argument that will be brought up is, well, you know, you wouldn't be able to turn away an inter interracial couple. You wouldn't be able to do that, and back in the day, people would have wanted to do that. How do you guys react to that? Because there's some levels yeah, to that. The law's taken care of that, though, thankfully. We've got, we've got clear laws on, on the, in the Constitution now, in the, in, the, in the amendments with the Civil War amendments and that sort of thing. That's all been taken care of. Uh, and that's not the issue that's here right now. What Aaron and Melissa have been penalized for is for simply engaging in their religious beliefs. That's a far different issue than what we experienced during the Jim Crow areas. What we've experienced, what we're experiencing right now, is a government that is punishing them rather than protecting them for their religious liberty. And you know, there's also theological issues there that you know you sure. try to explain to people. Well, these are very different. <laughs> that very that different. is not an issue at all in, in, in Scripture, whereas this is. And, and, and also keep in mind is what they said earlier. Uh, Aaron and Melissa served these women. They would serve them today. Again, they, they clearly, Melissa loves these women. They came into the store and they would be happy to, to serve them. If they still had the store, they would be happy to <laughs> yeah, serve them today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, The problem is that uh, the government has, has decided that that, uh, that can't take place anymore. Well, listen, any final comments from you guys? Anything you want people to know moving forward here? I think it's important to point out your legal team again, right? I mean, it's yeah. First Liberty is pleased to come alongside of you guys. Of course, people can keep up with that at firstliberty.org slash, uh, what's the slash now? I can't, I've forgotten, slash clients. Firstliberty.org slash clients. Thank you for that line off camera. Uh, but also, you know, look, a guy like Boyden Gray, former ambassador to the European Union, former White House counsel to George H.W. Bush, former uh, clerk for Chief Justice Warren, He's taking this case on with us because he understands that this case, what's at stake here is whether or not the constitutional guarantee that people are going to be able to do and live their lives, including going into business, according to their faith, that's what's at stake here right now. And the last thing is, what's sort of the next step in terms of a timeline? Do you guys know? Yeah, like, uh, there's uh, by April, we're, we'll be filing briefs uh, within our appeal period. We, we've kind of started that process rolling, and the first legal documents will be officially filed in April. Uh, there's there's a really complex argument that's going to be coming forward here in this whole mess. So it's a, it, it's a good opportunity for people to stay informed at firstliberty.org slash clients. We'll make sure we link out to that as well. Thank you guys very much. Oh, thank you, Thank Billy. you, Billy.